0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play full time fantasy. Play full time fantasy.
1: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronas, we've got ourselves an NBA championship series. We're going into Game Six, but we're doing it without KD, Kevin Durant, and. He may be doing that without basketball for the next 8 to 10 months.
2: Yeah, still no word exactly he's getting an MRI today, but a lot of the indication is they believe it. They know it's an Achilles injury, and it it could be a partial tear. So, obviously, really sucks for Durant, and you know he's going into his free agent year, but he does have a player option for $31.5 million, so... He's probably going to exercise that and miss the entire year with Golden State. So the teams that were chasing him in free agency obviously have to come up with backup plans right now. But uh, he's traveling to New York for doctor evaluations on the right Achilles injury. So that was a report as of uh, about an hour and a half ago. So uh, a lot of people believe that uh, it will confirm a torn Achilles tendon.
1: So you think that makes the most sense, that he basically stays with the Warriors for one more year, heals up, gets his 31 mil basically gets paid to do nothing and then comes back the year after.
2: That would be my guess. It would make sense. And, you know, especially since uh, I think you know, the Warriors GM came out last night, it was pretty emotional and said, you know, we live in an era where everyone wants to put blame on someone. So he's like, if you're going to do that, put the blame on me. I run the basketball operations here. And, uh, you know, again, this is a tough call. Everyone's blaming, trying to blame people and a lot of the blame is falling on the Warriors organization and trainers saying they rushed him out there. But, you know, I saw people yesterday saying, after Durant went through warm-ups, he dunked and played. Oh, so Durant is ready now? Why wasn't he playing before? And then after the injury happened, that's this exactly why. why he didn't play. Yeah. Like, that's the pro- See, that's the problem we have in sports right now. A lot of people question these athletes' heart, and they say, oh, well, he should have been out there. Clay Thompson came back.
1: Well, it's a different it's injury. A different injury. Well, yeah, look, you and I, you and I used to do that show. Remember, Dr. David Chow, who used to be the uh, the Chargers team doctor. I'll never forget. He always said it was a player, the coach, the doctor, the team. Everybody had to be in on whether or not this guy's returning. And if somebody's, if somebody's a no, then it's a no. I'm sure the Warriors wanted him in, but at the end of the day, Durant and his agent have to agree. If Durant says, no, I'm not ready yet, and the agent says, Kevin, don't do it. You're jeopardizing $400 million, then he's not going to do it.
2: Yeah. And, you know, again, everyone's trying to uh, put blame everywhere. And I guess everyone's at fault. Uh, I guess Durant obviously thought he was well enough to play, and he did get off to a really good start. But obviously, it wasn't 100% because. He didn't practice till the day before so he went basically a month without practicing and all of a sudden now he's playing 10 of the first 12 minutes in the first quarter then came I, out to start the second quarter. Well that
1: you know that look there, there's some issues there I have. I first of all I don't think he was ever 100%. I think he was at you know maybe 75% personally. Then he's playing 10 minutes out of the first 12 Do I blame Steve Kerr? No, because you're trying to win. But, I mean, would you rather have him come in seven, eight minutes, sit him down seven, eight minutes? You know, some coaches stick to those minutes limits, right? Maybe he would have benefited from that. But, this, you know, that's all all, uh, hearsay at this point.
2: Yeah, I think that's the thing is everyone needs to pinpoint blame on someone. And everyone is looking to point fingers today. And a lot of it is ultimately being pointed at the Warriors saying that they didn't care, they were negligent, that they forced them out there. I mean, from their perspective, they pretty much know Kevin Durant is gone, and they're trying to win a championship. And you know, I don't think they
1: forced them out there. I really don't. I just don't. I don't think you can force players anymore to do what they don't want to do, especially in the NBA. These guys don't do anything they don't want to do. Look at Kawhi Leonard. He didn't even play half a year. Didn't you know what?
2: You know what? And he was smart because the Spurs said that he wasn't. He was fine and he could play. Kawhi Leonard listened to his body and said, "I'm not fine." And you know what? It, it might have saved his career. Because look at—he sat out, and look how he's played this year. So he made the right call there. That, the problem is—is is the pressure to get out there. You know who? It was Damian Woody put out a tremendous tweet today. Uh, I'm gonna find it, and basically, and and I agree with him. There's a lot of pressure. If if Durant did not play last night or attempt to play, he would have gotten crushed. Oh, he's soft. He doesn't care. That's the problem. So this is the tweet from Damian Woody. What Katie went through last night is what a lot of athletes go through. Unfortunately, when you're injured, especially in pro sports, you feel isolated, not a part of the team. One of the worst feelings ever, don't want to let your brother down. What Katie went through last night, uh, then he said, that's literally how my career ended. Tore my meniscus, had surgery, came back in two weeks in time for the wildcard playoff game, and popped my Achilles during the game, career over.
1: Right Right. No. And look, if anything, you know what his appearance meant to the team, because Mark Jackson said it. How many times do you see players walk other players off the court that Stefan Iguodala walked him off the court just shows you. And by the way, great job for the Raptor players, not the Raptor fans at first. Everybody was giving them credit for being good. At first, they were like cheering that he got injured. And then the Raptor players like "Ah, easy there. Let's start. Let's let's put this in perspective. I mean, I just thought it was a very classy move to see Iguodala and Curry. They were obviously crushed by this. I don't, I don't, th- I mean, we all want to blame. We live in a society of blame. I get that, Adam, and I'm with you on that. But I don't know where the blame lies here. I mean, the blame is as much with Durant as anybody. He stepped out on the court.
2: Yeah, I know. Everyone's pointing the Warriors, but I don't think you could just blame them because KD said, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm fine. Yeah. And look, most players are going to do that because. They don't want to get criticized or I think we've all been there. You all think, yeah, I can play through this. I'm fine. But that's what the trainers and the medical staff and the doctors are there for. But I'm interested to see because I think this might get ugly here. So I'm interested to in see what, what way happens. ugly in what way. I think his agent, his management, uh, be careful, like pay attention here. Because uh, I think you're going to see some things come out and you might. I, I hope
1: it doesn't because I'd like to see him get paid next year by the Warriors, which I guess he will no matter what. Yeah, but well, yeah I hope, he has
2: the player option. So, right.
1: I hope it doesn't end acrimoniously. But I, I will say this. Man, it was so good to see him on the court. And I don't care what anybody tells me. You can say whatever you want. I, I know what I have. I have eyeballs. The Warriors win the series because Kevin Durant plays. There's just no question in my mind because Kawhi's got to cover Durant defensively and it just, it makes him do more work. It makes Kawhi do more work. And then you've got Curry open. You've got people open. It's a game. It's, it's unquestionably a game changer.
2: Yeah, I think they would win. I mean, that was my prediction before the series. I thought Katie would come back and obviously he did it till game five and that was a problem, but I think Golden State would have won this series and I think it's interesting now, but I don't think they win. I still think Toronto played probably their worst game last night, and they were up six with three minutes left, and they could have easily won the game, and they lost by one. Uh, I just think Golden State's too banged up. Looney's not healthy. Oh,
1: Looney can't even move his right arm. He can't lift his right arm over his head.
2: Yeah, so uh, I I still think Toronto wins this series.
1: Can I say, though, I think there are a lot of non-calls that have gone the, Toronto's way. I mean, w- what did Boogie Cousins do at the end of the game that Marcus All hasn't done all series long? Marcus All sets moving screens every time I see him, he's bashing into somebody. But they called Boogie with 14 seconds to go. I thought that was really sketchy.
2: Uh, I thought. And was. then how about
1: that tap in? That was a clear. That clearly was clean. Yeah, opinion. that that one looked fine. I don't know. I just thought there were a lot of calls going Toronto's way. I'm not saying it was fixed. I'm just saying it just felt, wow. Were, I mean, Iguodala got punched in the face on one play, and he goes to Steve Kerr, got punched, and Steve Kerr goes, what do you want me to do? I mean, you could hear his lips. I, I just, thought, I thought there were a lot of bat, a lot of no calls there. Well,
2: there were a lot of two, two uh, touchy calls early on, like everyone had two fouls. Yeah. i like, come on, let them play.
1: Yeah. I mean, seriously, Durant had two, Draymond had two. You can't ruin a game like that, guys.
2: It did turn into a good game, though. And, you know, Golden State, I, I thought they could have folded when Durant went out. You could see that that had to be a gut punch, and they were able to weather that storm and take the lead. Uh, but, man, uh, Kawhi Leonard took a long time to get going, and it looked like he was taking over. And then Toronto took that timeout that really stymied their momentum, and it gave Golden State an opportunity to breathe and get back in it.
1: The problem is those two guys are, are, are literally the best shooters I think I've ever seen. And I, and I put that in with Larry Bird. I put that in with Reggie Miller. These guys are out of control good. Out of control. Maybe Bird was better at the last second, right, with the last second on the line. But these guys are as good as I've ever seen. Nine points is like is nothing. Boom, no, boom, it's, boom.
2: It's not because they can just go on a 12-0 run in an instant. And, uh, you know, they showed a lot of pride, a lot of heart. It's tough to knock out a champion. They showed it last night, and, you know, at least it's intriguing that we do get a game six back at Golden State, and that will be the last game at that arena as they open up a new one next year. And uh, I think a lot of people would love to see a game seven, maybe not the Toronto fans, but uh, I think a lot I of people I think we're
1: going would. seven. I do. If I had a guess, I think we're going seven. I think they pull out one more at Golden State.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of mixed, kind of, kind of going back and forth because Toronto's already won two games there, <laughs> so they can win there. They've proven it. And, uh, but when
1: you shoot like they do, when you shoot like they do, they could have one great shooting night and get a seven. They could lose two. I mean, for, well, they, for, they did yesterday. True.
2: They had 23s, so and they won by one. And Toronto didn't shoot well. Toronto played by far one the of its worst, worst games game right. and yeah. lost by one.
1: That's true. Well, by the way,
2: Toronto's a better team
1: right Toronto now. Toronto's rebounding. They reba- any loose ball Toronto gets, Golden State can't get a loose ball to save their life. They're getting out-rebounded all over the place. Yeah,
2: Toronto's been the better team in this series. Uh, they clearly have. They've outplayed them. And, you know, obviously it was it, – that's a game last night that you really want to put them away because you don't want to give them any life. Can I tell you, more, you more, Serge Ibaka,
1: more Serge Ibaka would help? Because Serge is getting all these rebounds. He's getting all these rebounds. They can't stop him.
2: Yeah, they've done a really good job on the glass. And, uh, you know, they, they're tough. Uh, they've played really well in this series. They've been really impressed with Toronto.
1: Well, it is, it did make it pretty exciting. So we'll have to uh, pay close attention to uh, to that and see what happens with Durant. But I, I hope it's not messy, Adam. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't when is the next game? Thursday. Now the Stanley Cup is Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Did, did they change that? Because I remember no, we talked no. yesterday about I, it being the same day. Were you off I, on that I, day?
2: Yeah, I was off. I should have known because there's two days between travel. For some reason, I thought the basketball was Wednesday, but it's not. It's Thursday. So they, they did a good job. Tomorrow. It'll be Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then if uh, they go to a Game 7 for hoops, it'll be Sunday night.
1: What are you going to do? Are you going to watch on YouTube TV? Hulu? Probably. I
2: mean, the thing is, the so the game on Thursday night will be uh, 3 a.m. Uh, Barcelona time, Friday morning. You're up. Yeah. I should be. So my plan is to watch it. So hopefully I will be because, you know, I'll also be traveling getting in that day. So I don't know. Hopefully, I'll sleep enough on the plane that I'll have enough energy to watch. What time is your flight? uh, 11 p.m. tomorrow.
1: 11 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like a six-hour flight. Then it's a five-hour time difference. So yeah, six-hour. Yeah. yeah, So I'll be getting in there like 11 o'clock, a little afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's you should be able to watch it. I I guess nowadays with Hulu, you know, in the old days when you know I traveled to Europe, you couldn't watch it, but now with Hulu and YouTube, you should be able to. Yeah. Can't you
2: see Hulu anywhere? I was told YouTube TV should have it for free. You know, who knows? Maybe they show it there. Remember, Marcus Gasol's from Spain, so I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a big deal if they follow it. But that would be that would be nice if it's in the hotel. Let's just go to. Lottie so you're a Raptor it.
1: fan now, all Gasol?
2: No, I, I mean, look, I I put money on the Warriors to win, and I had it with Toronto, so I will make a bigger profit if Golden State wins. So, either way, I'll make a little bit of a profit, but it'll be more with Golden State. So, uh, I don't know. Everyone – I don't really hate Golden State like everyone else. I like Golden State. A lot of people don't like them because they win all the time. So, they want to see a different team win. So
1: I was trying to explain. So, I told my son last night that it was a a one-and-a-half-point spread. But he's – you know, he doesn't know much about spreads. And then, all of a sudden, he saw that the game was won. He goes, man, they really know what they're doing.
2: Well, I was (laughs) – it was earlier in the day – uh, when I had to send in a pick, it was Golden State getting one and a half. Right. So that's the one thing is if you get in early on it, and especially if you're on the right side, because it, it closed uh, most books one, Golden State favorite, so it was essentially a push. And oh. the over was 214, and based on the first half, you're like, all right, feeling good about that, and it went under.
1: The two sports I would never bet on, really, and I mean this in the best way, football and, ba- and NBA. Because I think Vegas is very good on these sports. You give them time. And I remember this from Jeopardy! James. When Jeopardy! James said when he bets on football, it's at halftime. Right? Because if they ha- they have less time to work on those numbers. Football? Man, they- they're perfectionist on that. Four and a half? When they say four and a half, they're right.
2: Uh, well, I disagree with you on the NBA. So, like I said, I've been tracking it now. This is for 15 weeks. And my record is 133, 102, and 4. So... Wow. So I, I, that's and I impressive. but I was cold uh, going into the finals. I was four and ten, so I had a really cold spell there, uh, and in the finals I'm three and two.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good though. You'd I mean, be, you be my rich friend, right? Yeah, it's thirty all, units.
2: That's all over a long haul, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always good to keep track of it. I think it's tougher in the playoffs though, because it's the same team game after game after game. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of to get it to down to
1: like one point like they did last night. I mean, that was yeah. crazy, but I, I think there is always more, uh, action in college because there are more college teams. And I think it's hard to know when old dominion plays, uh, you know, Lafayette are, are there are, is Vegas really in tune with that game
2: no that's where you can get an edge by kind of following the local reporters and papers and and trying to get an edge there and i think that's what some of the real uh experts degenerates. Yeah. Uh, yeah wrong word <laughs> expert the people who really do a lot of it that's what they'll do you know cuz most people they don't dive in 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 deep you know they just go oh, okay well look at a couple of trends But if you, like those local teams, like you said, that don't get the love that Oklahoma, Alabama, everyone knew about Alabama in their first half trend last year. Like that was so popular, you know, but those teams, you know, on the smaller conferences, yeah. You know, if you do some research, looking at the local papers, maybe pick up some things, you might be able to get an edge there.
1: Cause a lot of times they don't know whether or not the guy at old dominions of the quarterback is out that week or not, but you might find it if you read the Norfolk papers, I think that's where the true edges are. I think the true edges are in college sports and there's money to be made there if you pay very close attention.
2: Yeah, I think the, yeah, the NFL is tough. Uh, no question about it. And I guess because so many people are placing wagers on it that it's it's pretty sharp, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you're at 53% in the NFL, you're, you're doing great. That's a good year, right? 55%, you're a genius.
2: Yeah, I mean anyone who tells you they're getting 75 80% without proof, I mean, they're they're probably lying to you and then they're going to go on a on a cold spell.
1: Right, for sure. Just just because you're hot doesn't mean you're going to stay hot. We we know that from uh, watching the action for sure. All right, we're going to take a little time out. When we come back, we'll talk a little fantasy football. We got a draft going on. Maybe Ronus will make some more picks while we're on the on the uh, on the show together. He went away from his picks yesterday. He only took one of the guys that he talked about. We'll see what it, what the truth really was behind his picks. What did Adam Ronas do? What did I do? I might have taken one of Ronas' guys, by the way. In fact, Ronas, I did. Yeah, I see I that. that. I knew him anyway. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like you were sneaking him. All right, we're full-time fantasy. We're back right after this. all right we're back there we guys go to play right now check out our draft lobby sign up for one of our drafts whether it's an online championship a best ball a fantasy football world championship not too late to be playing with the best players high stakes fantasy football no better no better site easy to use draft site and highly recommended. And if you win there, Ronas, you are one of the top players in the world.
2: Definitely. Great competition there. And it's fun. I, again, I love the extra flex spot. I've had that in my whole league years. And I think when you're a sharp player, you should be rewarded for that pick. You make in the double-digit rounds. You shouldn't have to have them on the bench. So I love the extra flex spot. And I always recommend for people that listen to always add that. I always tell them, tell your commissioner, uh, add, add that spot.
1: So, last we left you with this draft that's been going on forever. So, the two-quarterback fantasy football champs league. Adam Ronas was debating between Jordan Thomas, Ian Thomas, Traquant Smith, and Muhammad Sanu, and Benny Snell. What did you end up taking, Ronas?
2: I ended up going Ian Thomas, and I know he's the backup right now to Greg Olson, but Olson's getting older. He's had these injuries. You know, it was a question mark if he'd even come back. So... I'm just not sure if he could stay healthy, uh, at his, he's 34 years old. He's played for a long time. Uh, and you saw last year, he just wasn't effective when he played Ian Thomas was really impressive, uh, and was one of the better tight ends down the stretch of the season. So I would have taken little, Ian Thomas
1: if he had, if he had made it to me, I would have taken yeah, Ian Thomas
2: He's a really good player. So I said, you know what? It's my third tight end. Yeah, maybe, uh, Jordan Thomas starts, but it's not a lock. And Houston offense has Q.T. and Fuller and Hopkins. So I just said I'm going to take the the home run pick because if Olson doesn't stay healthy, Thomas could be a big part of the offense. So I decided to do that. And then I went with Muhammad Sanu just because he provides a high floor uh, every single week. Again, he doesn't have the high ceiling, but I already took some risk with Nikhil Harry. And Paris Campbell. So, you know, I could have went for the home run as we talked about yesterday with Traquan Smith. We know there'll probably be four or five weeks where he really does well. But as we saw last year, there were some zeros. There were some ones or some twos. And it was his rookie year, and he was kind of thrown into the mix. I think he definitely could improve, but uh, decided to go safety there. And, again, roster construction I think is important there because a lot of people are like, oh, that's boring. Why do you take some new? You know, again, we have a lot of starters in this league. We got two running backs, no, three running backs, four receivers, two flex. So sometimes just getting that safe eight to twelve points is good base to have in a league like this.
1: I was actually shocked that Traequan was still on the board when I picked. I am too. Because I don't. I, don't know I, why. I was shocked because seventy eighth
2: wide receiver off the board that shouldn't happen. You,
1: you certainly would have taken him had your team been constructed differently. Definitely, I know you would absolutely. Him. And then. I mean, Crowder. I told you, I Deontay Johnson, Ross, Higgins, Samuel. I like Traquan more than all these guys. traquon has got Drew Brees throwing the football, and who's the team's number two receiver? Seriously, right?
2: I mean, they really—that was part of their problem last year—is they really they didn't have as many weapons
1: as we thought. They didn't. They didn't. And I think Traquan needs to step up. And in a league like this, where I thought I could get—if I could get four weeks from Traquan, Are you kidding how happy I'd be? I mean, I remember using him last year in DFS one week, and he killed it for me. So I just felt like I was shocked. I knew why you didn't do it, and it makes sense why you didn't do it. Some of these other teams, I couldn't believe they left him on the board.
2: Yeah, and look, there were a lot of zeros last year, but he was a rookie, okay, his first year. And, you know, not every rookie comes in and has a consistent season, but we saw big flashes. He obviously had that big game against the Eagles. I think that was a Monday night game, right, when Breeze had the uh, touchdown record. Yeah, he had a huge game. Um, yeah, there were a lot of down games, too. But uh, like you said, where are the targets going in this offense? I mean, he easily could step up big time.
1: So, you know, it's funny. And my, ne- my next pick that I just took recently was David Moore, who – I think people are overlooking that guy. Doug Baldwin's gone. All David Moore did last year was catch a whole lot of touchdowns, us. And people are talking up DK Metcalf. I get that. He's never played one day in the NFL. We don't know if he could run a route tree. I know that David Moore can catch a touchdown.
2: Yeah, we know well, that no- David Moore you know, has some experience. And last year we saw, I mean, Mac- Metcalf, we already know, has some issues that – you know yeah he can go down the field he's got some speed but can he catch the football how can consistent will he be so i do think uh, Moore was a good pick in this round
1: yeah i was i was a little surprised people people doing some strange things but what can i tell you but uh we're almost done adam we're, we 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 can see the light at the end of the tunnel except there's one problem the next person on the clock is going to take 6 hours
2: uh that is los losos on the clock right now i guess yeah yeah yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I will not finish this draft before I leave. I'm probably going to hand it off to my friend and tell him to deal with it. So, unfortunately, these are the really digging deep rounds, and I don't know where he is right now. I know he plays in a Dynasty League, but I guess I'm just going to have to rely on him, and hopefully he gives me a couple picks that work.
1: Cause... Yeah, at, th- at this point, I'm, like, reaching here because I think I ha- But but you never know. Like, I have one, two, three, four, five, six – I have eight receivers. Do so I take ten? Do I need a fourth quarterback? I don't know. It's like this is this is the strange time at the end of the draft when there's like the last five picks, and you just want to make sure you have enough depth.
2: Yeah, the quarterback thing is tough because you're just taking backups at this point. We have actually have not seen a quarterback go for three and a half rounds now. The last quarterback that was taken was Case Keenum at 37, and you could understand that one because he could get some starts this year. But after that, we're uh, you know Daniel Jones obviously was taken because he could start at some point with Eli Manning. Tannehill was taken because Mariota has been shaky in the injury history. So you see the quarterbacks that make sense, but I don't really see one now that you're only taking unless they, you know, you're crossing your fingers for an injury. So maybe you take. I don't even know. Do you even want to take a backup to? Well, the guy yeah. He already so here's had?
1: what here's what I would do. So I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Out of my guys, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr. I do one of two things. I either take the best backup available of those three, or I take it and I say to myself, who's the guy that I can afford to lose the least? Which would be Mayfield, right? So maybe I take his backup and I take Drew Stanton. Not that I like Drew Stanton, and maybe I take him as my last pick in the whole draft, but on my team it makes sense because if Baker gets hurt, at least I have him. Agree? Agree? What was that honest? doc? Yeah, no, I'm oh. here. Okay, so I said I said I had two things. One, I take but I have Baker Mayfield, Kyla Murray, and Derek Carr, right? So I either take the best of all those backups or I take Baker Mayfield's backup because he's the most important player on my team. And if he gets hurt, I take Stanton as like my last pick.
0: Yeah, you can do that. It's just it's a big risk because it could be
1: All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. I think we lost each other. for. We're trying to get Adam back in. I dropped, Adam dropped, but uh, we'll be back in a second. So I don't mean to go back to this for the eighth time now, but I will. So what we're talking about is taking backup quarterbacks in two quarterback leagues because there's no quarterback right now on the board. If I read you any of these names, you would be physically nauseous, right? If I read you any of these names you'd be like, these guys are never going to play. Jeff Driscoll, Blaine Gabbert, Deshaun Kaiser, Brett Hundley, Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler, Nick Mullins. Why do I want any of these guys? I don't. So what I'm arguing and what I'm saying is take a look at the guys that I currently have. I have Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Derek Carr. Those are my three quarterbacks in a two-quarterback league. Which is the guy that I could ill afford to lose the least? The guy I could ill afford to lose the least is, is Baker Mayfield because if Baker Mayfield gets hurt, my team is done. So I got to look at Drew Stanton. I got to say to myself, look, maybe Drew Stanton sucks. I know he does, but at least he's on, he makes sense for my team, and that's why I'm going to pick him. Welcome back, Adam Ronas.
2: Yes. No, yeah, it's tough at this point with the backup quarterbacks because some of these guys might never play. So maybe if you want to take one of them because it is a 24-round draft, you can do it. I don't know if I am going to do it, though. I might just take the risk. I mean, under, we understand that if you do lose one of these quarterbacks, you're probably in trouble. Especially right. for me, because if Rosen doesn't start, then I'm in trouble.
1: Would it make any difference for you if there was fifteen hundred dollars online in this league? Would you take one of your backups then?
2: Uh I still might not.
1: Interesting. All go in all go all in.
2: Yeah, because you're gonna have a weakness somewhere. And again, if those quarterbacks play all sixteen games, then you kinda wasted a pick. But we're gonna see a lot of picks in these rounds that don't pan out anyway. The only thing is you're looking at some receivers right now that do have roles. Even if they're the third or fourth receiver, they're probably going to have big games on a given week. So that's what you have to weigh. Do you want to take the opportunity for uh, and bake on an injury with your quarterback? Or do you want to say, you know what, at least I know some of these guys now already have roles in their offense and will have a few big weeks or an injury occurs in front of them. And they, they move up. Because I don't know. I mean, I have to look. It doesn't feel like we've had a, a ton of quarterback injuries over the last couple of years. It happens, but these guys have stayed relatively healthy. I mean, they, they pretty much protect the quarterback now a lot.
1: I think there's still value out there on wide receiver. Oh, I really there do. is.
2: that That's part of the reason I why. Could I could have about
1: 10 guys I still like.
2: Me too, which is part of the reason why I waited on receiver as long as I did. And that's why in rounds nine and ten, I took those two running backs. Obviously, running backs were being devalued in this draft after the elite ones. And I understand why. But that's why I said, you know what? I'm taking two running backs here on the turn because I just see that, number one, the running back position is going to be more thin when we get to these rounds. Because right now, the running backs you're taking, they're all flyers. You're all hoping for injuries in front of them. We're looking at guys who are at best two on the depth chart and potentially three. So you need things to happen. Whereas these receivers, with the way the NFL runs now with so many third and fourth wide receivers, these guys have roles. And since it's best ball, they're going to have at least four, five big weeks. So you know what they're going to do right now. That's why it made sense in this draft to kind of wait on wide receivers and not go heavy early. And especially with the running backs getting uh, the quarter point per carry.
1: I'm looking at the running backs, man. There's very few guys I really want. Very few guys I really want. Maybe a couple, but not. it's not a lot. Guys, I mean, and they're guys who I'm going to take who are basically injury guys. someone gets injured, I'm okay, because I'm going to take your Benny Snell guy.
2: Yeah, there's 67 running backs off the board at this point, and we all know that there's going to be a few running backs in this league that are not drafted that are going to pop at the end of the year, like Damian Williams last year. I don't think he was taken in any best ball leagues, and we know what happens every year. I mean, a couple years ago, Tim Hightower, I mean, he came off the street and was helping people win titles, so... That's the thing is right now with these running backs, you just they might not never get an opportunity. They might be third on the depth chart now, and they might not even get a carry this year because someone else passes them.
1: That's like one of my favorite things. Remember Kurt Warner was bagging groceries, and then he goes on to lead a Hall of Fame career? Yeah. I love, I love stories like that.
2: Well, a lot of times it also goes to show that the scouting is not great, that some of these guys – Slipped past. I mean, Arian Foster was what a six-round pick, <laughs> you know. I mean, with running backs, a lot of times it is the system and the offense. He was a lineup. pretty good
1: player before he got injured.
2: Oh yeah, he was. He was tremendous. But he was. I think
1: he was a six-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, from Tennessee, right? Yeah, that Tom Brady guy what? wasn't very uh, valued.
2: Yeah, that is crazy, right? I mean, but that's that, that's. It goes to show you, and all those big quarterbacks that are taken first, second overall, that flop, and uh, then you got a guy like Brady going as uh, as late as he did.
1: But let me ask you this question about Tom Brady. Don't you think a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time in the right system? Bledsoe gets hurt, Brady's there. Maybe if Brady's, I don't know, with the Dallas Cowboys, he never gets a chance to play.
2: Maybe, but you also have to give a lot of credit to what he has done too with the way he's taking care of his body and that he's still being able to play at this age. And, you know, a lot of it is on him. He still has to produce. I mean, you could be put in a great system. Uh, it's still on the player, and he's gone the extra – Right, late. but
1: I'm arguing he wouldn't even gotten to this point yet if he was a, 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 a team didn't give him a chance.
2: Well, if there was no injury in front of him? Yeah. Yeah, and there could be some guys out there right now like that. I mean, we'll find out about Nick Foles this year. You know, was he a product of that system or is he going to be good in Jacksonville?
1: I would have said yes, but you know what? The answer is no because he was good with Chip Kelly and he was good with Doug Peterson. He's been good twice.
2: Right. The
1: problem is that the Eagles have very good offensive players and the Jacksonville Jaguars don't.
2: Yeah, and it. Yeah, and he he won that Super Bowl, too. I mean, he outplayed Brady.
1: Oh, yeah, Nick Foles was tremendous. And Nick Foles was tremendous when he played with Chip Kelly. Yeah, the I
2: 27 mean, touchdown, two interception
1: year. Yeah, he was fabulous. So, look, with the right guys around him, Nick Foles is terrific. My biggest problem with Nick Foles is you you bring him in, you're like, he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but he's throwing a DJ Chark. Right. I mean, this DJ d- Chark sucks.
2: Different system, too. You just don't have the personnel around them like he did with Philly, where it just everything broke right. And that happens a lot. You know, you need to be, with football especially, I mean, look at Damian Williams, right? I mean, really didn't do much with Miami. Goes to Kansas City and is one of the best backs down the stretch.
1: And I agree with that. I think a lot of times it's in the the guys got to go to the right system. Kyler Murray goes to Jacksonville. As much as I like Kyler Murray, I don't think he has a great year. And what did I like so much about what Arizona did? They changed their team to fit Kyler Murray. That was smart to me.
2: Yeah, and everyone is excited about that offense for sure, and uh, you will see, I think, Murray in a lot of drafts go as a QB1.
1: But when will he go? Will he be the 10th, 11th, 12th guy? When will he go?
2: Yeah, I think between 10 and 13. There probably is going to be someone in every league who's really excited about him, and obviously there's a lot of hype already, and once they start getting on the field, and especially if he looks good, uh, people are going to boost him up. He might become, you know, especially if you like to wait on quarterbacks, he might become overpriced unless, you know, you feel – that he can, I can't say a Mahomes-type year because that's ridiculous. But it, I want to
1: draft before people watch him play.
2: Because when they to. watch
1: him play, when people watch him play, his value is going up two rounds.
2: It will. I mean, again, because you, you know, everything is recency bias, right? So people are going to remember Mahomes last year, and they're going to say, oh, what if I get that? And I think it's unfair because Mahomes had a historic season. You can't make that comparison.
1: No, it's true. It's funny. My guy this year was Baker Mayfield until Beckham went there. Once Now Beckham there. Everybody likes Baker Mayfield. I like Baker. Before Beckham even showed up, I thought he was going to have a good year. I think Baker's going to be a top-five quarterback. He
2: probably will. Again, the, the one concern I have about him is how much does he pass? Because if this team is as good as we think, they're going to be playing from ahead quite a bit, and that could be running the football. We saw it down the stretch last year. If you look after the bye week last year, these were his pass attempts, 26, 43, 22, 31, 37, 42 in week 17. You know, I mean, he was very efficient on that. Yeah, but, but- you, have,
1: you, you have Beckham and Landry. Can you not throw the ball? Well, I mean, they're going to, they're going to need 22 targets between well, the two of them.
2: I mean, how good do you think this team is going to be? How good is their defense going to be? You know, because if they're better, but not that good. But if they're playing from ahead, there's no need for them to open it up and throw the football.
1: But you can't run Nick Chubb 37 times a game.
2: Not 37, but he's going to get his 22, 24 touches per game. That's what they did last year, and it worked. Why would you deviate from that formula? That's, That's the one concern I have.
1: I still think Baker Mayfield can go 26 for 37 for 290 yards and two touchdowns.
2: But is he going to be that much better than some of the quarterbacks that are going after him?
1: No, and the truth is I'd rather have Jameis Winston. You could argue yeah. that Jameis Winston, because that team can't stop anybody, may have to throw for 482 yards a week.
2: Right, and that's the difference, and I think that's what people have to understand. We all love Baker Mayfield. He's exciting, but this is comes down to numbers and stats and Winston is in a better spot to put up those big numbers because that defense is atrocious.
1: That's true. That defense really really is bad, and they don't have Gerald McCoy either. All right. MLB DFS. We will cover it. I didn't yesterday. I apologize. We'll cover it right after this.
0: If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America.
1: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World number 1. Go to GameFacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
0: Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two Risk free bets of up to $1,000 today. All right, we're back.
1: By the way, the U.S. women's soccer team begins its title defense at the Women's World Cup against the mighty women from Thailand. I didn't even know Thailand had soccer on it.
2: Uh, now I, I was looking at the favorites. I see that Spain is like in the middle of the pack. Will they be pumped? Because when they will be there's a game there, not there, but there's a game Monday afternoon I'm there. Will they be pumped for that? Will they be watching intently? Will it be a big kind,
1: kind of? If it was a if it was a men's game, the whole town would be closed and they'd not, all be watching. But not women's. Eh, women, you may get half the town watching.
2: Okay. I you mean, let I me guess... know. I'm
1: interested to find out that answer.
2: Yeah, I, th- I figured that. I'm like, okay, well, it's actually, though, I think in Monday I'll be in Ibiza. So, I don't know. That's a party island. So, I don't know if they will care, right?
1: Yeah, they'll be caring about one thing, Ronas. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, I don't know. <laughs> I figure, you know what? I'll You'll kinda... be
1: reading your book then, right? Did you bring a couple of books to read in Ibiza? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring any books to read for the entire trip, Ronus? No. Should I? Don't you... What are you going to do on the plane for 17 hours? Sleep.
2: Well uh, going there, I'm hoping, um, I bring, guess a I book, could bring a book on download, download some podcasts,
1: I guess. Yeah, oh, that could be interesting on the fantasy on <laughs> full-time fantasy podcast network.
2: Yeah, we have plenty of shows, so maybe I could get familiar with some of the talent we have okay. now. I know a few of the guys. I know Bob Long, obviously he's been on the show. I know Andy Singleton. Uh, I don't know many of the other guys, though. So maybe get familiar with them, and I'm sure we'll have them on the show. My goodness, you know how many damn bloops there have been in the damn Mets game today against Wheeler? This is ridiculous. What's the score? 7-4, and Yankees, bottom five.
1: Man, the Yankees just hit. and They're so patient. Now,
2: Wheeler's given up a couple home runs, but, like, I think it's, what, seven, eight hits now? And, like, four of them have been bloops. There was one that just fell— J.D. Davis is not a good outfielder. He couldn't get there. It fell between him and Rosario. There was a ball that was blooped to right that Jeff McNeil tried to make a da- diving stab on. There was a ball hit back to Wheeler. He made a nice bearing to play through to Rosario at second. Rosario missed the bag to not get the force. So, you know, a lot of times you're like, you see the box score and you're like, oh, wow, Wheeler got hammered seven runs He hits. Yeah, he allowed a couple home runs, but there's been so many balls that should have been caught. And that's the problem. When you look at the Mets and some of their pitchers and you go, oh, you know, Syndergaard and, and Wheeler, the batting average ball is a player, it's because the defense isn't good. That's why some of these pitchers, if you look on the same team and you're like, why are all their babbips high? It's because the defense behind them sucks. Mets don't have a good defense, man. They got guys no, playing out don't. of position.
1: They're not good. McNeil and Davis are two of them. And Rosario's sure.
2: had a really bad year defensively. I don't know what happened to him, but he's made a lot of errors. Uh, J.D. Davis is not a smooth left fielder. Lagarus is not as good defensively as he was either. I've seen him make a lot of mistakes. this How's
1: year, Todd so. Frazier? Is he even moving well?
2: Uh, he's been—he's actually been hitting lately. In fact, it's so funny. He was like a a, a waiver wire pick in like all my leagues this week, and I actually needed him in a league where I had Hunter Dozier at no backup third basement. Man, I didn't get any of third basement, so I had to leave Dozier in my lineup That's this week. And it's a weekly league. It's I'm like, wait a second. I put him for like five guys. I didn't get any of them. That's like, crazy. Come on. I
1: hate that. All right, let's take a look at tonight in DFS. Your Mets against the Yankees, Jason Vargas against Jane Paxton. Good luck with that.
2: Yeah, it's not going to be good. Uh, Obviously, Vargas has been pitching very well lately, but I don't expect it to last. He's uh, allowed a ton of walks and uh, against the Yankees here at Yankee Stadium. It's not going to be good. So uh, I think, obviously, uh, picking on Vargas is uh, probably going to be a popular play tonight. i got to think the Yankees are one of the better stacks.
1: Arizona against Philadelphia, John Duplantier, who I kind of like and maybe is a cheap uh, option, against Jake Arrieta.
2: Yeah, the problem is, is uh, we saw a record amount of home runs in one game yesterday in Philadelphia, 13. 13 home runs between those teams in a, on a rainy night. So uh, I know the Phillies have not been dominant offensively this year. Uh, like I think we expect them to be better, and I like Duplantier, but it's a tough matchup, and I don't know how deep he's going to go into this game.
1: All right, Toronto against Baltimore, Trent Thornton against John Ways and Means. Means has been good this year. Is this a good night to use him, or do you go with uh, the Blue Jays?
2: Uh, I, I wouldn't stack against him. He's actually been pretty good this year, Means. It is at home. Um, I think you can consider him. I, I don't know if I'm going to go there, but he has been pretty good this year.
1: What about an Orioles stack, Ross? Trent Thornton's terrible.
2: Yeah, I think I think you could. I, I tend not to stack the Orioles. I think they're better one-off plays. Like, cause w- what's the stack gonna be for them? It's just it's not. Valar
1: Mancini uh, Nunez. Nah, I don't know. I don't love that. All right, St. Louis against Miami. Dakota Hudson against Hernandez.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hudson doesn't get enough strikeouts. I know he's been pitching better lately, but not enough K's. And uh, I guess you know what though. Hmm. I mean, it's a good pitching environment. Obviously, Miami doesn't hit at home. I know they've been better lately. Uh, if he's cheap, maybe because you might need that second cheap pitcher tonight. Uh, Hernandez, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, is is
1: I got a better Hernandez Dominant up at later. AAA.
2: I mean, his numbers at AAA were very good, but you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how deep he goes into the game.
1: Well, at AAA, let's see. He had see. good numbers. Yeah, forty-eight innings, thirty-eight hits, sixty-nine strikeouts. Wow, it's pretty good.
2: No, it is. Uh yeah, but interesting you know, interesting. Could be a I like I like where you're going tonight. there. Yeah. How
1: much is it gonna cost me on DK? Uh
2: he's five thousand some uh I that, like it. I like is that. Is that on DK or Fandle five thousand though?
1: I'll have to check, but I like that number that you're giving me.
2: Yeah, I mean look, that's if you want bats, that's a way
1: to save money, right? I, I do that a lot. I used Ronaldo Lopez the other the other night and he won the game. Oh, he's a matchup play. It was against the Royals. So, yeah. Yeah, but it was like play. he was $5,000. bucks. i am like, I could stack some guys in there and I want some money.
2: Yeah, you just don't need him to get hammered. You don't even need him to be great. Just don't get hammered. You know, go five, six innings, get five, six Ks. And
1: yeah, you're months. my best friend. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati against Cleveland. Luis Castillo against Trevor Bauer. Oh, I like Trevor Bauer, but I don't like him against, I don't know.
2: He it's weird. So he hasn't been the dominant Trevor Bauer, but he still found a way to go deep into games and get the strikeouts. It's just he's a lot, a lot of runs. Um, But yeah, I, you know, he's to me, he's always in play because even if he has a bad start, what is he going to do? Get seven, eight K's anyway. And the Reds do strike out quite a bit.
1: All right, Texas' is Ariel Jurado against Darwins and Hernandez. I like Darwins and Hernandez a lot, but I don't know how many innings he's going to go. He's probably going to go like two or three innings, and I don't want to use him.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the problem there. I don't think he goes deep into this game, and the over-under is 10.5, too.
1: All right, Oakland. and by the way, the Boston, uh, they blew a, a win for sale last night, which was terrible. Uh, Oakland against Tampa Bay. Mike Fears against Jalen. The Beaks shall inherit the earth.
2: Yeah, Beaks has been good. The problem is, you know, he's probably going three, four innings. Uh, Fires has actually been okay lately, but yeah, you really – I don't know. I don't like going against Tampa Bay. I, I know they don't have, like, the potent lineup, but Meadows has been good. Garcia, you know, Choi against the righty. So, uh, I'm probably not going to go with either pitcher.
1: All right, Pittsburgh against Atlanta, Chris Archer against Mike Fulton-Nevich, Is Fulte a team to play tonight?
2: He's been better lately. I mean, damn, the over-under on this is 10. I mean, obviously, they uh, had a a high-scoring game yesterday. Uh, Fulte, uh, over his last few starts, though, one walk over his last four starts and uh, 23 strikeouts, one walk over his last four starts. The problem is he's still allowing home runs. He's allowed seven home runs over his last four starts, and we know that Park can be conducive and... uh, I don't know. I still don't trust him. Again, he's been better his last four starts. Pitched at least six innings in three of them. but Little has, Polanco,
1: Bell, Dickerson stack?
2: That's the problem. As I think a couple of those guys can go yard. Yeah.
1: Alright, Seattle against Minnesota. Mike, take a leak against Martin Perez. I like leak a little at home. I don't like him on the road.
2: Yeah, I know Perez hasn't been that good lately, but uh, I don't mind going back to him. it will be a little bit cheaper. The Mariners are a team that does strike out quite a bit, so I know Perez has come back down to earth a little bit, but uh, I I would consider him today right. because I, I saw his price was down. I think he's like in the seven range on DK, and you know the Twins are probably going to give him a lot of ro- offensive run support.
1: Exactly. I've been thinking about that. When, I, when there's a team I like, why not just play the pitcher and try to get that win? Cheap points. All right, Washington against the White Sox. Patrick Corbin struggled recently against Manny Benuelos. But I'm telling you, I, lo- I always like the Nationals against a lefty. Kendrick, Rendon, Turner, Suzuki, Dozier. They pound lefties.
2: Yeah, they're hot right now. They've won 12 of the last 16 games. You know, I used uh, Turner yesterday and Dozier. Uh, Dozier's been on fire lately after that slow start. So, yeah, I think you could definitely look at uh, a lot of the right-handed bats here
1: you know Nationals. Howie Kendrick is like $5,200 on draft? Games.
2: I know. Nope. I looked yesterday. I'm like, oh, okay, let me see. I'll get you Kendrick in here. What? Oh, I'm not paying that for
1: Kendrick. Yeah, you can. Get, he's more expensive than Goldschmidt. It's crazy, oh, man. Crazy. Milwaukee against Houston. Freddie Peralta against Brad Peacock. Freddie Peralta is so weird to me because some nights he's unhittable, Freddie, and some nights he's fast. Freddie is, and he's been kicked out of the game fast. He is
2: one guy that good luck predicting him. Uh, I did pick him up in a couple seasonal leagues this past week, but he's on my bench. Obviously, the key for him is getting past that first inning now. This Houston lineup is not what it was. You know, it's not the same, and that's part of the reason why they call – I think two reasons they call up Alvarez. I think they feel like the Super 2 deadline might have passed, and I also feel like they know that they need a boost to this offense. They just haven't been as potent offensively, and Houston is a pitcher's park, and Houston's only a slight favorite too, minus 115, but look – if someone tells you they know definitively what Peralta is doing, they're lying. Just go look at his game. But logs. I
1: like, I like him in G- as a GPP play because when he's good, dude, he's seven innings, eight strikeouts, two Right. Hits.
2: He could be. Yeah. He's the epitome of a GPP play, but you have to be prepared and understand that he could be gone in the third inning.
1: All right. Detroit against Kansas city, Spencer Turnbull against Jake Junis. Why wouldn't I just start Spencer Turnbull tonight?
2: Uh, you can, I know the Royals have cooled off a little bit. Uh, you know, Junas does have a a good matchup too. I mean, the Tigers have been pretty bad this year, so uh, and he's cheap. So I actually might consider him. And I never thought I'd say that, but Detroit is just
1: terrible. <coughs> They're terrible, right. man. They're, They're ter- terrible. And it's
2: terrible against righties. They strike out a lot. So I mean, again, that's a GPP play there. I don't know if many people will play him.
1: I got a guy for you, Ronus. The Cubs against the Rockies. What about Peter Lambert?
2: I'm not playing anyone in course. I'm not the uh, Cubs have been hitting a little bit. Kyle Schwarber is on fire. The over under in this game is 12.
1: Maybe the maybe the Rockies get 11 and and they only up one.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, look, <laughs> do it and let me know how it works.
1: All right, I'll call you in and call you insane. All <laughs> right, San Diego against San Francisco. Chris Paddock philippe against Tyler Bede.
2: Look, Paddock is expensive, so I know... He hasn't
1: been good recently.
2: Yeah, but look who he's faced. I think Paddock bounces back at a big way tonight. He's faced the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Uh, he faced, I think, was it the Dodgers? Like, he's had a tough stretch here, and it's not like he's been completely awful. Um, it was Philly, uh, and that game was at home. He was 4, 4 and 8 hits, 5 runs, 2 home runs, 3 home runs against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So those are his last two starts. So what about
1: Paddock and that guy Hernandez from Miami? I guess
2: you could do that.
1: Yeah. Or Paddock and Means.
2: Yeah. I, it, this looks. See, last night I thought you could have gotten away with Sale Morton. I didn't do it originally. I did, and I didn't like the bats. I wound up going Sale Anibal Sanchez, even though Anibal didn't get enough K's. Uh, tonight, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you can get to high-priced pitchers tonight, right? I think it's going to be tough. It's hard.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. Do you like Rockies against lefties? Well, Arenado's story right there. Oh, yeah. Desmond, boom, boom, boom. Yeah?
2: Yeah, but they're, you know, is they're, not that good. they're costly. They're costly, though. That's the problem. I mean, they're home at cores, so you know they're going to be very expensive.
1: I may have to do Freddie Peralta, but I really want Paddock tonight, Ronas. Paddock may be my guy on FanDuel. Boom. Because yeah, I, I could find cheaper guys on FanDuel.
2: It's a great hitting envi- I mean, great pitching environment in San Francisco. They're not good. Uh, I just think Paddock bounces back. Uh, he's had you know two bad starts in a row, and like people are like, oh, I told you to sell him, Paddock. Okay, yeah, we, we really thought that he was going to have an ERA below two this year. I mean, of course he was going to have a couple bad outings. He's still been a tremendous value this year. And, yeah, they're going to watch his innings going forward. But I think he's in a spot tonight where he should bounce back against the Giants. And he has to because his second start this week – is that Coors Field?
1: All right, Kenta Maeda against Felix Jalapena. The Dodgers against the Angels. Maeda's been good, but I, I like Jalapena, but I don't want to play him tonight.
2: He's covered off his worst start of the season. Just got absolutely shelled in his last outing uh, against Oakland. Only lasted an inning and two-thirds and allowed seven runs. But for the most part, he's been good this year. I just don't like picking. I just don't like pitching against the Dodgers, man, especially against the righty. With all the lefties they have, and I know they didn't put up a, a ton of runs yesterday, but uh yeah i just I just don't like going against the Dodgers man. It's a scary so, offense right now.
1: What's your favorite stack tonight against Arietta, who's been terrible?
2: My, um, I, I mean I mean, the Cubs and Rockies are obvious, but I like the Nationals a lot um i I guess are they kind of obvious, I guess? I don't know who I, uh, the Nationals, the people uh, they caught up to the Nationals. No, yeah?
1: I, well, the the Ben Ben Willis is bad, so yeah. Oh, he's but, terrible, yeah. But they're, they're so expensive, and I, I want to play. I want to stack Turner, Rendon, Kendrick. I want to do. Wait, I want to do a five man stack.
2: Let me see. Our do, Dozier was around four K yesterday on DK. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Fanduel, you said Kendrick is three, right? Yeah, he's three yeah. on Fanduel. And it's fifty two hundred oh on Draft Oh my God, games.
1: Dozier's twenty seven on Fanduel. Yeah, that's a steal. You could. That's oh why goodness. you can play the Nationals on Fanduel. You can't play them on DK. T- I don't play Fanduel
2: enough, man. Maybe I need to start going there. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. So Dozier's four on DK, which is fine. Yeah. Rendon is very expensive. I think he's fifty six somewhere in that range. And what's range. what's, and what's Kendrick? Lefty. Oh yeah, he's over. He's over five. I think.
1: Yeah. And what is Kendrick? And yeah, it's uh, three thousand is a good deal. You know, what, uh, but Turner
2: is cheaper than story on DK, so there's a way to go, you know, and he also could steal bases.
1: How much is Turner?
2: Uh, definitely over five.
1: Yeah, and anytime a guy's over five, I'm like, oh, really? Because the minute the guy's over five, you have to have two crappy pitchers in there. How much yeah. is Freddie Peralta tonight? On DK? Yeah.
2: Damn, Perez is 67 on DK, man. Peralta's
1: 9,200. Oh, I'm not doing that. No way oh, you're starting No, no. What's Hernandez? What's uh, why is he 9,200?
2: Can someone explain this to me? Because he one well last start? Yeah. So what? That's insane. What, uh, what's
1: Hernandez?
2: Hernandez for... Um, Miami. 5,000.
1: Yeah, I like that. There you go. Now we're speaking my language.
2: He's the cheapest. Stanek is forty-two hundred, but you know he's only going an inning or two. Lambert's fifty-six. Ben Way little six. Because Dakota this guy's Hutt-
1: been pitching six innings, by the way, for the Marlins, so he can I go. Think,
2: see, I think people are going to go to Dakota Hudson tonight, and he might get you know a mean? win. But you're not going to no. get a lot of K's from him. Going go Hernandez, the
1: Marlins don't strike out a lot. They don't. So give me another guy to go with Hernandez. Paddock. Paddock. How much is Paddock?
2: Paddock is the most expensive at ten six. Seriously? Paxton's 10-1. Oh, I mean, you just don't know. How... Bauer's 9-9. His price has dropped.
1: Yeah, but I hope he's going to get the win.
2: Yeah, because he's going against Castillo. He's yeah. been good. Peacock's 8,800. It's Milwaukee no. on the road.
1: No, I'm not doing that. How about fulton He is
2: 8,500.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that.
2: Uh, his he's last four good. starts, 13.3, 13.1, 27.9, 13.7. You're happy with 15?
1: That's not even 2x, right? I just I, I worry. That's not about even 2x.
2: Home. No, I worry about the home runs for him in that in that
1: par. How much is Peter Lambert?
2: 56.
1: Oh baby, I get Hernandez Two. and Lambert. I just start stacking. <laughs> well, you're gonna stack cores then, right? I'm gonna st- i to do Colorado well, and Nationals. Just stack Lambert, those crap out. See,
2: of here's the thing though, Lambert faced the Cubs in his debut in Chicago at 32.8. Struck out nine, but you, you really want to play like with I cores? That, yeah, I mean, yeah, Marquez no, no, no. can't even pitch well at cores right now. That's true.
1: All right. Who do you got coming up next hour? Uh,
2: Frank Stanford at 320 to talk some NBA.
1: All right. This is Dr. saying Be well. Take care. Speed tomorrow. Stay tuned for another hour of full-time fantasy right after this.